loves, welcome to Ask Floss. I'm here answering all of your questions and giving my best unprofessional advice. I can't wait to get chatting, so let's get straight into it. Okay, question number one. How to get over the insecurity of not feeling interesting enough and not doing things. Things I want to be doing, but don't have the money or time to do at the moment. I'm worried that my partner is going to get bored of me. Oh, my heart breaks hearing this because I've definitely felt this way. I think perhaps depending on how secure you are in yourself, and I think we all kind of have some form of a shaky foundation of self-worth, but you could be the most confident person in the world and confidence is always just built up on pushing your limits anyway. I always feel that confidence requires something you don't quite yet possess and you get the confidence from continuously being courageous and going out there and doing things that you're not ready for and doing them anyway. I kind of feel that that's what my confidence is built from. So don't worry about it. Don't worry if you don't feel it confidence is born from those moments of pushing yourself and trying new things. You've got the insecurity of not feeling interesting enough and not doing enough things. The danger there is leaning into too much of what your partner's into. So maybe try listening to some podcasts and introducing some stuff to your partner, reading some books, reading an article. Try to do one thing a week that expands your kind of, I don't know, like the kind of content you're consuming Stuff that you're genuinely interested in and not stuff that you think will just appease your partner because you want them to find you interesting. Also, if you love and trust your partner, try bringing this to them. I'm sure that they will reassure you within seconds that they love you and that they love you for you. And also the fear of your partner being bored of you is um, it's a very real fear that a lot of people can have. But at the end of the day, anyone who gets bored of you because you're not keeping up some kind of, I don't know, interest that they have or whatever is just it wouldn't work in the long run anyway I'm sure that your partner loves you the way you are unless this is someone that has specifically specifically addressed to you that they want you to be more quote-unquote interesting but you got this and just don't try and pressure yourself too much okay the next question what's your favorite poem I've recently got this sapphic poetry book called She is the Poem and it's full of poems about women who love women and I there's one about being in bed like there's a there's a poem just about being in bed I can't recite it off the top of my chest right now but it's so incredible and so simple and so beautiful the book is called She is the Poem I think you can buy it on Amazon you can buy it anywhere but if you're a woman who loves women, definitely read that book. Okay, on to the next question. How did you know you were bi? How did you make the move to dating girls or even speaking to girls? I knew I was bisexual because it was kind of like a little, it just kept kind of ticking along. It was never this big crash bang wallop moment for me. I knew I was bi because the feelings just kept creeping up, you know, like having intense crushes on my friends feeling sexually attracted to women in the media, women I was seeing in real life. I once went to this concert and I saw this woman performing and I just thought she was so fucking mesmerizing. And I told my friend that I was with that, I think I'd just moved to London also, and it was like some shitty pub gig, but this woman on stage looked incredible. And that's the first time that I just thought, fuck, I would definitely sleep with her. <laughs> and I think it was because I moved to London where before when I was in my hometown, I didn't want to admit to myself that I could be sexually attracted to women and I just kind of downplayed everything. But it was when I first moved to London, really, that I kind of allowed myself to really explore those feelings. Okay, on to the next question. Hey, my name is Annie and my question is, 
how I, as a teenage girl, can tell if this is love or just the feeling I made up because of the pressure that I must like someone. Thanks for being there for us. Hey, Annie, thank you so much for sending in your question. Okay, yeah, there definitely is a societal pressure for to just be with someone. I personally know it in my gut and in my body when I like someone and when I'm tricking myself. It kind of feels heavy. I feel a bit guilty, actually, because I'm, you know, doing a disservice to this person. I also compare them to my friends. So not in a way that, like, I'm comparing romantic partners to my friends in that, like, their qualities, but in how they make me feel. Are you even making me feel as good as my friends fucking make me feel? My friendships are so romantic. We bring each other flowers, we bake each other things, we're always considering each other in our daily lives, Uh, we're remembering things about each other, we're doing all this sort of romance, like, for each other, to the point where if I couldn't be with someone or date someone that doesn't also match the romance that my friendships bring me. So if you're lucky enough to have really good friends in your life or or, or, or um, I like to call it a default person. I think, I can't remember who said that. It was, maybe it was John Ronson or someone who was talking about psychopaths. <laughs> Whenever you're trying to decide if a person is a good person, like that someone new in your life, you should refer to your default person in your life and think, what did this person do this to me? And that's a way of testing someone's character. So... Yeah, wait, how the fuck have I gotten to talking about psychopaths? I can't even remember. But basically, how to tell if you love someone or if you're just being forced to like them because of societal pressure. You feel it in your body and um, you'll feel it if you're just bored of them. Okay, on to the next question. What film are you putting on on a rainy day? I recently just watched White Chicks. Um randomly because I hadn't seen it for a few years I definitely would it wouldn't be like my go-to choice to put on but I recently watched that and it was gorgeous and hilarious um on a rainy day oh Twilight I would just binge watch Twilight if it was a rainy day and I had zero work to do which I cannot remember the last time that happened I would definitely binge watch all the Twilights and I would have to be in the most relaxed state. I would have to be not thinking about work at all. Nothing going on in my brain. Zero brain cells. Just watching Twilight with the sound of the rain in the background. Okay, on to the next question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? My mum told me that I, recently, because we were just talking about this, she told me that I used to tell her I just wanted to be a princess. So, yeah. Apparently that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I also really used to want to be a singer. Like I used to sing at my primary school teachers and then it became so embarrassing that I just grew this shame and then I never pursued it. And thank fucking God. Okay, on to the next question. Floss, you seem to be absolutely unapologetically yourself. Of course, Instagram is only one side. This year, I recently found out that I have autism, which makes sense for why I struggle in group settings, making good friends, and I guess just being me in those settings. I often close in on myself in groups with the fear of being judged. Do you have any advice? Thank you so much. I am absolutely unapologetically myself in arenas where I feel comfortable to do so. There are so many times where I have to shrink myself, and I kind of do it out of habit, out of safety, out of fear of judgment. There are so many places where I'm not being unapologetically myself, particularly online. I've changed so much as a person over the last couple of years. I think I've kind of held back from sharing myself because I've changed so much. And it's almost too much for me to explain or talk about. And that's why I love the podcast, because this is kind of the one place where I just get to be and talk and 
do me and have the like the human warmth of who I am show up instead of having to articulate it in little tiny boxes. So yeah, definitely Instagram is only one side of the equation. So you've asked me for any advice. So I don't believe I'm on the autism spectrum. Um, I've never had any tests or anything, but I, as far as I'm aware, I've not diagnosed with any autism. So I can't relate to this. However, in terms of group settings, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't born a confident person. I actually used to just shrivel up in social settings. I used to have this massive shame and fear that people were looking at me, people were judging me, that every single little thing I did was stupid and I'd curl up in embarrassment about it afterwards. I'm a very self-expressive person and I've been around a lot of people who either didn't like that, wanted to shrink it, wanted to make it something that was embarrassing. And a lot of those times, it's better to remember that those people are just ashamed of themselves. The things that I find cringy are often the things that I find I'm too afraid to do myself, not as courageous to do myself, things I would like to do myself. Um, And even if they're not things I would like to do myself, I'm definitely jealous of that person's courage. So I think that if if you're ever afraid of people just being mean and stuff, I also just imagine this impenetrable bubble around me. So just imagine this bubble where no bad shit can get in and harm you. That's what helped me in high school. Okay, next question. Who's your biggest celebrity crush? I don't really have a celebrity crush. Just women. Just gorgeous women. I actually can't think of anyone. Not that I would tell you anyway, because that would also just be really embarrassing. If somehow, if somehow they heard it. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat. Available now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold? 
and breathe. You get into ice water, and instead of like freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death. Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. Okay, on to the next question. Hi, I love the podcast. How can I feel more confident in myself and own my feminine power? I struggle with confidence, with love and intimacy being 22 and I've never had a boyfriend or had sex. I'd love to hear your advice. Oh, the emojis that you've left at the end of this message are so cute. Thank you so much for sending in this message. You said you want to own your feminine power. Now, what do you mean by feminine power? Do you mean you just want to, you want to own yourself you want to own your feminine power in the bedroom you said you struggle with love and intimacy most people I feel struggle with love and intimacy and that doesn't mean that they necessarily avoid it some people use it to cope some people use it because it's the only way that they can connect with other people a lot of people will have some kind of form of intimacy issues so I just want to completely normalize that before we talk about it or anything um you've never had a boyfriend never had sex I also have friends that have never had boyfriends by the way sometimes people can have had a lot of sex and not really found it fulfilling there are so many ways that that there's no kind of equalizer there's no like oh you've had lots of some people are just lucky and have had lots of amazing sex maybe they grew up with sex positive parents and they're just completely in tune with their bodies and everything about sex but most people didn't get that So I just want to completely normalise it for you. I've got friends who've never had boyfriends and also friends who have only recently just started having sex. So, and I'm 24, so just don't even worry about it because also you're just not, you're not born to be, you don't have to be a completely sexual being if it's not something you're comfortable with. So if you're wondering about how to creep into this environment with confidence, just start. So just start, whether that is finding out what turns you on, trying with yourself first before you hop onto dating apps or hopping onto dating apps, talking to a close and trusted friend about your feelings and asking them for advice. Talking about sex will also open it up a lot more for you. I'm someone who talks about sex in my friendship group a lot to normalise it and to normalise all the weird stuff that happens sometimes. I think if you could find a friend that you can talk about sex with, that would probably be a game changer for you. And also going onto dating apps and meeting people. um, I'm not sure. You've said you've never had a boyfriend. So I'll assume that you want a boyfriend or you like to, you enjoy dating men or you're straight or you're bisexual. I would say if you've never done it, you need to just begin because the learning that comes from dating is immense. You learn so much about yourself and please just try to view it as something that's so exciting instead of daunting something that once you begin you'll embark a whole other journey you think you'll know yourself you know yourself before you start dating and then you start dating and all of this stuff comes up and try to just view it as this this amazing journey best of luck to you and I'm so excited for you for all of that you're about to experience okay next question signature scent karma from lush Okay, next question. Hey, my name is Andrea and I'm 15 years old. I read your book about feminism and it changed me, really. I can't even describe my feelings while reading it. Life-changing book, literally. Thank you so much, Andrea. 
But my question is, how did you exactly start with self-love? I've been struggling with it for a while now. I don't know where to start or how to really love myself. Thank you for doing this, Floss. Love you. Have a nice day. Love you too, Andrea. And thank you so much. I can't believe you're 15 and reading my book. That is exactly the fucking person that I wrote it for. I really hope you're listening to this. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you got something from my book. Mostly I'm just excited because there's so much stuff I wanted to tell my 15-year-old self in Women Don't Know You Pretty. And it just makes me so happy that you're that is reaching you and you're listening to it and reading it so how did I start with self-love a question I answered earlier on in this episode was about confidence so I started to do things that scared me a little bit so things that really challenged me things and and challenging doesn't mean by the way my level of challenging now is writing a book or writing a novel or whatever they're like these quite enormous mammoth tasks but I still struggle on the daily to do these tiny small little things that involve other human beings like confidence and telling people when you're upset and blah, 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 and setting boundaries. So try and start with the small things and something that scares you could be not writing a novel, not going on stage, not doing this, but it could be approaching someone you're attracted to. It could be, which is also, by the way, absolutely enormous still in my books, such an enormous thing to do. It could be telling someone you like their outfit on the street. That was such a confidence booster for me, was just like dropping off these little dumps of positivity to random people on the street, particularly just with women, basically, I would never compliment a man on the street because I'd just be very scared. But complimenting women on the street, you know, you have those like few seconds when you're like, I really want to say something, I really want to say something, I really want to say something. Act on it, act on it every single time. It will make you feel so much more confident. I'm not even going to give you some massive life-changing advice. Just start doing little things like that because then you gain trust in yourself to always act on your desires and always act on the things that you want to do. And then you just kind of have this confidence about yourself. And also just start to explore the things that set your soul on fire. Just follow that passion wherever it takes you. Read a book on it, read an article on it, take a class on it, whatever. And it doesn't always have to be your career. It could just be something fun that you do on the side. Okay, next question. Favourite condiment, sriracha mayonnaise. Okay, next question. Oh, sriracha mayonnaise or that like street style chili oil where it's like chili oil with like lots of little peanuts and chilies in it that's gorgeous okay next question bourbons or custard creams or you know any other biscuits okay bourbons or custard creams custard creams but my favorite bicky is probably hmm oh it's not a biscuit it's a little cake but I'm gonna say it anyway Bamberg. Okay, next question. Hi, Floss. My question for you is, how do we heal and stop feeling so much anger towards men when literally every week one of my girlfriends or myself is a victim of sexual harassment or sexual assault, mostly from men we trusted? (sighs) I'm still learning this one myself. Um, How do we heal and stop feeling so much anger towards men when everything is pointing towards us not being able to trust them? You kind of over time just gain this discernment with men. So you gain a a bodily trust, like um, this kind of thing that refines itself over time. So you said you've been hurt by men that you trusted. That is going to whack out your trust barometer so much when you put, and when you said men you trusted, I'm assuming these are guy friends or guy friends of boyfriends or blah, 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 or a boyfriend or a partner or whatever. Um, or men in work like it just it it happens all the time and 
it whacks out your trust barometer because you're like, how the fuck did I not see this coming? And as soon as you start to think that, please, 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 please do not ever flick that onto you as like your trust barometer was off or blah, 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 blah. You were clearly in a position where these men knew that you trusted them and they abused that against you. Um, So now, how to not be angry about that? Let yourself be angry about it. Um, I think that the the dilemma comes when you don't want to start bleeding on people who didn't cut you, right? So that's the problem. It's like, how do you even know if they're a nice guy? How do you blah, 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 blah. One thing I will say, you do not owe men niceness. So if you're worried about men thinking you're a bitch or uh, you're too guarded or your walls are up, whatever, the right fucking man will climb those walls. If you set the parameters of your life to be quite high around you that you don't tolerate a lot of bullshit from men. It takes you six months to trust one because of what you've been through. Whatever it is or whatever it takes for you to be able to sleep with a man again or to go to a nightclub again and not fear harassment and want to shout in some guy's face when he touches your friend inappropriately. Whatever it is that you need to do to put your walls up, you are allowed to have boundaries, okay? So one thing, you're, you're not you're not allowed to shout and be aggressive and mean at people who haven't hurt you, right? That's, that's, just, that's just mean. We don't like it when it happens to us, whatever. But there is to be a tolerance around boundaries. So you're allowed to have boundaries around men. And the right people who understand what you've been through and understand the way the world works and how women generally just don't trust men because how can you know if they're a bad guy or a good guy you can't just trust random people you're allowed to have boundaries and the right people will respect that the right guy won't go well fucking hell you're one of those feminists are you blah 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 blah. i just want to sleep with you blah 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 blah. i'm not going to do anything whatever they want to say then that just reveals to you that they're an asshole. So boundaries will help you in any situation when trying to discern whether a guy's a good guy. A good guy would probably go, fuck, oh my God, of course, I totally understand. What, you know, why should you trust me? I'm literally a stranger. Or no, of course, that understands. I understand after everything you've been through. Oh yeah, I understand. 96% of all violent crime in the world is committed by my gender. Do you know what I mean? I think the right kind of guy would just get it. And then those kind of guys are the ones that make you want to be comfortable around them anyway. So just use your boundaries to be able to discern whether people are good or bad for you. And just know that your uh, your judgment will also probably be a little bit off because the manipulation is becoming a lot more refined nowadays. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all your support. I hope I've been helpful. I hope I answered some of your burning questions. Same time, same place next week. Love you. Bye.